Welcome back to the WCIA 3-in-1 pod. I.O. Andy Olson joined by Brett Behrens uh, reacting to that uh, Illinois win over number seven Iowa. They get the tiebreaker. They split last season this uh, budding rivalry between Illinois and Iowa. Uh, Illinois beats them in the one time they're scheduled in the regular season to play each other. Now, we don't know if they could possibly meet again in the Big Ten tournament. I hope so. I'm sure the fans at home hope so. I think Brett hopes so as well because it was a fun game, a lot of offense, and there's a lot to break down when you have teams as good as these two going at it. Um, So, Brett, Illinois coming out on top. I mean, just what are your initial reactions? It was a good showing from a couple of guys, especially someone like Trent Frazier who had a season high. We haven't really used to – we're not used to seeing him uh, perform as well as he did today. Yeah, he's done that before in the past multiple times. We know he can – stroke it and really bring points to this team. We just haven't seen that a lot. And we haven't really, you know, Illinois hasn't necessarily needed that a ton with Io DeSumo and Kofi Coburn, but Trent does it tonight, scoring 24 points. Io puts up 25 points. And when those two can combine to score 49, you feel really good about your chances uh, if you're Illinois and, and winning this game. And it's just a shame tonight that there weren't 15 plus thousand fans in there, Andy. You were at the game, and and it's just a weird feeling to be in there with no fans. But I know this was a high energy game, and we saw that early. I mean, you would have never known that these two teams were off a combined uh, week plus, two weeks plus, when you combine it all together. Illinois ten days, and Iowa off eight days, and you know they they came out on fire. And and I had major questions about that coming into this game on how the shooting would be and and what the energy would be like early in the game and both teams surprised me they, they were ready to go well we don't know if those struggles with coming out with tempo and scoring points early we don't know if that's resolved yet but it, the answer to those questions and problems was Io Desumu in this game where he just went out and had an incredible first half 19 points in the first half um he didn't get to his season high in points uh because he didn't really have to the, the rest of the team kind of backed him up we know that was a struggle early on in the season. Iowa would just do all of this scoring, and then the rest of the team was having struggles offensively. Iowa probably could have had a season high today if he had to. He just didn't have to. He ended up with 25, like you said, Brett. Uh, of course, one of the things that people were really looking forward to in this game was Luca Garza and Kofi Coburn down low. Now, they had their moments, I remember, very early on in the game where Coburn blocked Garza, which led to a transition uh, layup for Iowa. And we, I guess that wasn't really the, the main focus of the day because Garza, for his standards, had a pretty cold day shooting. Yeah, and he, when you can keep Luca Garza to less than 20 points, you're doing something right. And the Illini did that today. Luca only puts, I say only, you know, but <laughs> by his standards, he only puts up 19 points and gets four rebounds. And what a phenomenal job from Illinois to, to defend him. And he still shoots 50% from the field, Andy. And that's the crazy thing is, He's nine for 18 from the field, only plays 28 minutes because he had some big time foul trouble. And I think that was a huge difference in this game. If, if Luca's able to play his, his normal 30 plus 35 minutes, then I think, you know, it, this, might, this might be a different outcome from Illinois. But him being in foul trouble really hurt uh, Iowa. And also CJ Frederick not playing tonight, that could also be a difference. And, you know, when you lose a player like him from the Hawkeyes in a five point game, you're sitting here thinking, man, you know, what could have been. So uh, give credit to Illinois' defense, and especially early when neither team's defense was really good. I'm wondering who was going to show up defensively. 
I thought they really locked in the last 10 minutes. And Brad talked in his postgame press conference about just being locked in late. And that's maturity from this team and figuring out how to do that because that hasn't always been the case. And then understanding that, you know, in a high level game like this, when there's a lot of points, uh, th there's also going to be some moments where the defense has to win it. And so for maybe a lackluster as both defenses were in the first half, Illinois really won the, the second half defensive battle, especially in the second part of the second half in the final 10 minutes when they had to have it and they did it. There's, you know, the big play there at, at the end by Kofi and, and also by uh, Andre Curbelo getting some late defensive stops that proved to be the difference and, and helped them win the game. And then also for me, Andy, was just the fact that Illinois was able to come out tonight and shoot some free throws better. That's something that this team has really struggled with this season. And Illinois tonight shoots 82% from the line. And that's something that, uh, you know, just hasn't happened for this team. How about Iowa only shooting six free throws in the game? They make three of them. Uh, but Illinois had 14 free throws tonight. What a difference in that game. And and I know a lot of Iowa fans will probably call that some home cooking, Andy, to support <laughs> calls there. But it's just the way it is. And and uh, for Illinois to come out and make 14 of 17 free throws really shows me that they've corrected some things because that has been a huge emphasis from this team and a focal point. You know, they, they have not shot free throws overall very well. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned the, the free throw stat, only six for Iowa on the day. Fran McCaffrey did have some issues with some of the refereeing. Um, that, that I had overheard while, while being there. Of course, you mentioned we wish there were 15,000 people in there, but when there's not, we get to hear things that normally we would. And one of the things I heard coming off at halftime, McCaffrey was talking to one of the refs and complaining to one of the refs about, I don't know if you remember a, a play where Curbelo tiptoed down the baseline underneath the basket and had an outlet pass to Io, uh, who was able to, to knock down a three. You could just hear the entire bench screaming about a travel there uh, but same thing for for illinois very early in the game uh there was an out of bounds play where garza had actually swatted it out of bounds and you could see clearly that he was the last one to touch it but you go back in the replay and you see or excuse me you could see in the replay that garza was the one who touched it you, in real life though the refs called that out on illinois and it changed possession so uh, a couple of things not going uh the way that fans would have liked them to from the calls by the referees but we mentioned it early in the episode here, Brad, about Trent Frazier scoring 24. I think that just goes to show how important those role players getting involved in offensive scoring is for Illinois. We've seen how Io or Kofi can have those games where they can score and that's enough for Illinois to win. But when you play an opponent like Iowa, that's not going to cut it. And that proved tonight that if Trent didn't have the day that he had, it wouldn't have cut it. So in my opinion, it shows through the rest of the way, you know, that the the role players are going to have to have significant roles in the offense and have good days. And it doesn't have to be Trent every time. You know, it can be DeMonte, it can be Adam, it can be Andre. Uh, but it just goes to show that you need those role players to step up like this, at least one of or two of them to in a game, uh, or else you're not going to win games like this. Yeah, and for Trent, it's just a complete transformation. I mean, think when he came in, Andy, he was the star of this team and, and he was the main shooter for this team and, and they needed him to do that. You know, in, in his first year as a freshman when Illinois was not very good, I mean, you know, he had all of these games that were double digit scoring points, 20 plus scoring points. He puts up 32 in his first year 
against Wisconsin. The team was not very good, but they needed him to do that. They relied on his shooting, and he was a big-time volume shooter. Just looking back at his stats here, he took 176 three-pointers as a freshman and uh, you know, continued that even his second year, uh, following up with 197 three-pointers his second year. And, you know, those numbers were a, a little bit less last year and they've been even less this year. But you add more talent around him and he doesn't have to do that every game. And I think that's something that has helped this team, that Trent has bought into his role. And I remember a couple of years ago, too, when he admitted to us before a, a game that he was struggling, that his confidence just wasn't there. And, and part of that is that role change and what he's accepted and, and what he's been able to do. And certainly defensively, and I think that's probably the biggest thing is, is you know, he has been a lockdown defender and bought into his defensive role and this defensive identity with this team. And it's gone, it's gone a long way, especially at the front of uh, the Illini defense and guarding the other team's best backcourt player. And that, that has helped this team tremendously. And, you know, just looking back here, this is his best scoring game in a long time. And I'm, I'm having to go back here quite a bit, even last year and into uh, 30 points at Minnesota as a sophomore back in 2019. So this is his best game since his sophomore season. And I don't think that goes without saying, because he's, he's had some big time point performances and uh, you know, credit to Trent coach, Underwood said he's been on a, quote, heater the last week in practice, uh, getting up a lot of extra shots, and it, it showed in a big-time way against Iowa on a big stage. Let's talk about what this means season-wise for Illinois. Now, Derek Piper and I talked in the pregame show about the two outcomes, a win or a loss for either of these teams, really changes the complexion of the rest of the season. We're almost at that midway point of the Big Ten schedule. We're just five or six weeks away from the Big Ten tournament and the NCAA tournament starting, which is hard to believe that we're already so close to that. But Illinois now tied for second in the Big Ten with Wisconsin. They move past Iowa by half a game. And if you think that if they had lost this game, I don't know how Illinois would have had a chance to recover from that. Now with this win, I think it's fair to say they still have a chance to win the Big Ten regular season title. Now they need some help from uh, teams above them to, to lose, but that's still attainable at this point, and that's why this win was so important, not just the bragging rights over Iowa, but to to keep those expectations high like they were coming into the season. No doubt about it. And Illinois, like you mentioned, is, I think, in a great position here. If I would have told you that at the midway point of the Big Ten season or what we hope to be that if they can get all of these games in, remember, uh, Illinois is a couple of games down here now, but uh, they're seven and three, so 10 games into a 20 game Big Ten schedule or what's supposed to be 20 games. We'll see if they get it all in. But I think if I, if, if I would have told, you know, most Illini fans that Illinois would have been tied for second halfway through the Big Ten schedule, they would have taken that in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. You know, tied with Wisconsin at both at seven and three, Michigan at eight and one. But Michigan's not playing again until that game against Illinois in a couple of weeks. They're off due to a COVID-19 variant pause for right now, two weeks without playing any games. And then how do they come back and practice after that and, and play that is a big question yet to be had here. But, you know, Illinois now a half game ahead of Iowa, who the Hawkeyes are in fourth along with Ohio State. And so this is also to me where if we're evaluating the halfway point and looking at the long term holistic product here, 
you know, you, you have your three losses and uh, one of them to Rutgers on the road. And while Rutgers is five and six, uh, you're a couple of games ahead of them in the standings. I think I still think Rutgers is going to be there towards the end and be a top third Big Ten team would be my guess. Your loss to Ohio State at home doesn't look like a bad loss at this point, although it still was at home. The one that stands out to me out of those three losses for Illinois is the Maryland loss. Maryland's just three and seven in the Big Ten and nine and eight overall. And, you know, you have to think if, if you win that game, now you're second place solo at eight and two in the big 10 and you would just be a half game behind uh, Michigan. And so that, that one really sticks out to me kind of when we're just taking a look back here at the halfway point, Andy, of, of where this team is at. And that's why you got to be prepared to bring it every night, you know, and, and not just these big time Iowa games, you've got to, you got to go out there and, and take it to your opponent every night because every game is going to matter here towards the end. And uh, we'll see how it all shakes out. I, I have a feeling Michigan's going to have a tough time making up these games. And so, you know, what does the Big Ten Conference decide to do at the end? Will there be a Big Ten tournament? Will they take the extra week and, and just try and get some more games in? I, I don't know how they're going to go about this to try and determine a Big Ten champion. But I know that Illinois is right in the thick of it and, and uh, 100% know that if they bring the fight that they brought tonight against Iowa, they're going to be right there towards the end, and and uh, I can't wait to cover it. It's going to be a fun end of the season here. Yeah, and you think about it, they control their own destiny having Michigan on the schedule still, having Wisconsin on the schedule still. Uh, so we'll just have to wait and see. I mean, 7-3 and three is, is a good place to be. I knew the Big Ten. I think we all knew the Big Ten was super tough coming into this season, so uh, it wasn't like Illinois was going to run away with it and go 20-0 and 0 in, in their Big Ten schedule. Um, and the fact that Michigan is – uh, only has one loss so far, I think is one of the most surprising things about the Big Ten, just because I know how good all the teams are uh, within the Big Ten. So it'll be interesting to see how the rest of the season plays out. I mean, Illinois is still in the thick of things, and uh, I know that there's been talk about possibly the Big Ten tournament going to Indianapolis. Um, I haven't been around my phone today. I saw some reports about, about it. Teams going to Indianapolis and staying there if they qualify from the NCAA tournament. Still a lot of things to shake out. It's an ever-changing world with uh, COVID-19, Brett. So we'll have to we'll have to wait and see how those things shake out. But, you know, just last thoughts on this game. It was a win that Illinois needed. They don't really have that statement win on the season, you could say. I know that they they beat Duke, but with every loss that Duke is taking, that, that one's looking less and less impressive. Um, I mean, you, you have a couple of wins against... Uh, some of the low teams in the conference, like, like Penn State, um, but none of them really stick out. And I think this Iowa one was super important for Illinois to have that um, that really signature win on their season. I agree, and I think this is a bigger win than Duke. I know I realize Duke is Duke, and you won on the road, and I think that was a big time momentum boost for this team and a confidence boost for this team. You know, but when I look back at this season, I think at the end here in a couple of months, I think we're going to pinpoint this Iowa game as uh, a really big moment for Illinois to go out there against the seventh ranked team in the country and against uh, Luca Garza and Joe Wieskamp and Connor McCaffrey. And, you know, even though they don't have CJ Frederick, I, st I still think this is a big time quality win for Illinois. When you look at the schedule here coming up, you've got uh, two plays left against Wisconsin you got two plays left against Nebraska, assuming that they can get the game in Lincoln made up again. Uh, and you've got single play games left 
against at Michigan, uh, a return game against Northwestern, which will be the second time you've played them, a return game at Ohio State. Excuse me. And then that rounds out the schedule. Those, those are your 10 games. And so, you know, you've got a couple of teams you haven't faced here yet, and you've got some teams that you've already beaten. And so I think it's going to be a nice end of the season here where you've got a lot of opportunities. And like you mentioned, the the schedule is in front of them and it's it's one that they have control over. And that's the spot you want to be in. You've got to take care of business against teams like Northwestern that are uh, a, a true lower third Big Ten team. And then you've got to go on the road here and, and you know, they end their season with three out of four on the road and they're going to have to go out there and earn it the hard way and then figure out along the way here where you're going to try and make up games against uh, at Nebraska and then also at Michigan State. So there, there's a lot to be had here in this schedule. There's a lot that they can determine themselves, and I think that's a favorable spot for the Illini to be in. But when you count them up in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, uh, seven out of the 12 games, I guess you could say, because uh, you know we're a little bit behind here in, in these um, in, in these made-up games, you know, they're, they're going to be on the road. So Illinois is not going to be at home as, as much as they have been here, and, and we'll see what they can do uh, on the road where they're 3-2 and two this year so far. It's going to be a mad dash to the finish, and I'm interested to see how it goes. I would be remiss not to mention, I know he didn't score any points tonight, but Adam Miller with the blonde hair breaking it out. I put out a joke tweet. If I got one like, I'd dye my hair blonde. And I don't think you would go for that as as the boss, Brett. Hey, I mean, you know, you you do you. That's what I always say. Uh, <laughs> that's going to be above my pay grade if you want to come out with the Adam Miller blonde. <laughs> Look, I guess it didn't work, though. We'll see if he keeps no. it. Next game, he'll not have it if he goes scoreless tonight. We'll, He's see, if, we'll see if the vibes it. were off and he wants to change it up. But uh, that's all I have, Brett. Anything else from you? No, good stuff. Big time moment for Illinois tonight. I think, like I mentioned, we're going to look back on January 29th and, and say this was, uh, I think, a turning point for the Illini and some more confidence going into next Tuesday's game against Indiana at Indiana and in Assembly Hall. And then next Saturday at home against Wisconsin. And uh, here they come. The hits keep on coming and, and a sprint to the finish. I love it. Fans had it circled for a reason. So Illinois wins tonight. Uh, against Iowa, the one time they played them in the regular season, a top 10 win for the Illini. They win it 80 to 75. That's all we have from uh, here in the WCIA podcast studios. We have tons of content online, WCIA.com. Also check out our digital channels, WCIA3 Facebook page uh, and the WCIA3 Sports Twitter account. We'll have all that up there, even more to digest. So for Brett, I'm Andy. We'll see you next time. Let's go.